0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: believed. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA Draft goes to the Detroit Pistons.
0: Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number
1: one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Super.
0: The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Yes! Yes!
1: Detroit basketball! Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Network. I'm your host. Mike King-Wilano, and joining me, as always, my partner in crime, Aaron Johnson. Aaron, how are you doing, buddy? I am doing
0: good, Mike. We've got a really interesting first topic to get into that I'm really, really excited about. Uh, I think it's obviously a, a bit of a disappointing topic to have to discuss, but there's some philosophical uh, strategy that's going to be discussed as well that I'm excited to talk about. So I'm doing good, and I'm ready to get into, into, into our topics uh, after talking about our our wonderful
1: sponsor that that supports us every week. Aaron you're just lobbing softballs and that sponsor as is every week is bet online. And basketball's back and bet online remains your number one source for all sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news and game trends at bet online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, bet online features Live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, the NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that promo code is BLEAV. V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. Betonline where the game starts. Let's get right into the difficult, unfortunate, but compelling news all at the same time and that is Cade Cunningham and his shin injury and reports from across the NBA indicate that the Pistons are currently weighing their options with the former first overall pick, with a potential season-ending surgery needed as he suffers from a left shin stress fracture. Wayne Casey has said that Cade has been at practice. He hasn't done too, too much. He's traveled with a team throughout their current West Coast trip, and he was seen shooting with coaches pregame uh, at the Sacramento game. So it begs the question, Aaron, We were really hoping we would not have to get to this point, at least so early in the season. But how should the Pistons be approaching this? Um, Certainly, there's the school of thought that you should just shut him down, call it quits, let his shin heal. And obviously, while you're going to lose a significant amount of games, you're probably going to lose a significant amount of games anyway. They're 3-15, and most of those with Kate already. But you shut him down, puts the Pistons in a better position to land A very high pick in the draft. You're looking at Victor Wembanyama, Scoot Henderson, Thompson Twins. You're looking at very high-level prospects. Not playing Cade obviously puts you in a better position for a high draft pick. On the other hand, and this is sort of where I'll play Devil's Advocate, there's a lot of players on the team that you're trying to figure out how they fit with Cade. I think the only player on this roster that's for sure locked down going to have on the team for the next two years at least is Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran, There's a handful of other guys that are kind of wavering. I mean, Sadiq Bay is going to get a new contract. Sadiq Stewart's going to get a new contract. Boy, like might be traded. Like Burks might be traded. We'll get into those things later. But you wanted to see how these guys fit with Cade Cunningham. So, Aaron, there's kind of two sides to the coin of if you let Cade Cunningham go have surgery, if you want to let him rehab and eventually come back, shutting him down obviously puts you in a better position to get a high pick getting him back on the court uh, obviously safely indicates that you will be, uh, you know, able to see how the rest of the team meshes around him, which I think is important in an evaluation year. How are you going to, or how would you approach this situation if you were the Pistons? No, no. I like that. I like that. You said, how, how, how would you,
0: uh, you know, this is, I am the one making the decisions for the Pistons, right? So I like the way that you were originally phrasing that question. Uh, no, this is obviously <laughs> a very you know disappointing conversation to even have to be having, especially in the month of November, right? We're just over a, a month into the season, and this is not where the Pistons wanted to be. This is a disaster of a season for Detroit, and the Cade Cunningham situation is the number one reason why. I think some people were, were really hoping this would be uh, including us, a year that was a major step for Cunningham as a player kind of ascends to to that top, you know, 10, 20 player in the league on uh, all star level year from Cade Cunningham. Certainly something that Jasper and I talked about extensively uh, in the offseason. And, you know, for him to come out and to be completely honest, not have a great start to the season, didn't set the the, the league on fire by any stretch of the imagination. And now we're here in this position where the Pistons have to weigh whether to shut him down for the rest of the year if he has to get surgery or they have to be patient. And they're essentially risking, you know, do we just rest now and see where he's at? Because what happens if we go two months of just resting him? Nothing changes. And he still needs, potential. you know, and then they decide he needs surgery then that's something that could take itself in the next year, and they would lose the offseason, things like that. It's a very tough position for Detroit to be in. I'll start off by saying this. I think that if you want the Pistons to shut Cade Cunningham down because you feel it gives them a chance at a better draft pick, you have the absolute worst philosophy possible. The Pistons suck. The Pistons were not good with Cade Cunningham not good without him. Having him on the court was not translating to this team being anything more than a bottom seed in the East. That was quite obvious, especially with all the other injuries this team has had to deal with to start the year, right? So if your mindset is simply, I don't think Cade should play the rest of the year. I think the Pistons should sit Cade because we need to lose as many games as possible because the Pistons need to have the Best odds possible at getting a top pick in the draft. That is a terrible philosophy. And to be quite honest, if that's how you watch sports, if that's how you root for your teams, I feel bad for you. You really want to sit through another year on purpose of watching this team lose, even if their star player could be healthy, could be playing. We have to remember that players don't just magically become better. Each year, they don't just magically become a better player because they get a year older. They get better by playing. And if Kate Cunningham sits this year out and does so while being able to play, while being healthy enough to get back out there in whatever sort of timeline he needs to recover, that is a disservice to him. And that is a disservice to the franchise. Kate Cunningham, as of today, is your number one player. He is your franchise piece. You may think that this team needs to tank to get Victor, to get Scoot, to get one of the Thompson twins. But even so, you're putting that in at fate's hands, at the chances of a lottery ball. You don't know what will happen in the lottery. This team does not, by having the worst record, get guaranteed Victor or Scoot, right? It's a bad philosophy to have. If Cade is hurt, if Cade needs surgery, then obviously it sucks, but he gets the surgery if he needs it. But if he doesn't need it and he needs to sit for a few months, you know, it might be a while before we see him. And at that point, the Pistons will probably be in a deep enough hole anyway to where it won't matter if he comes back and wins this team a few ball games. I don't know if you're watching the roster on the court right now. They're not going to win, they're not going to win. And they weren't winning with Kate Cunningham. These guys need to be on the court. These guys need to be developing chemistry with one another. We need to be seeing who fits with who, who fits around the most players on this team, who's building the most chemistry, who fits with this team long-term, what core guys fit together long-term. This philosophy that the Pistons should automatically sit Cade for the rest of the year is just disgusting. It's uncompetitive. It's a loser mentality. And I hate it. I really, really despise it. Because you're talking about taking a season away from your franchise player so you could have maybe, maybe, maybe a better chance at maybe getting the number one pick in the draft. Why? Why are you trying to play the lottery? Cade is someone that we have talked about as a guy we 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 see as being a potential top 10 player in the league one day. Why do you want to waste a year of his development? If he's healthy and he can go, he should play. If he can't, he should get the surgery. It's really as simple as that. But it's disgusting to see people out there talking about, oh, no matter what, Kate should just sit. This is a lost year anyway. Kate needs to be on the court playing. He needs to be on the court developing. He needs to be on the court playing alongside Jaden Ivy, letting those two, your backcourt of the future, start to build off one another, and develop the chemistry some of the great backcourt duos in this league have had. It's ridiculous, some of the the comments, the tweets, the things that I've been told uh, in terms of wanting this team to sit Cade, whether he's good to go or not. So, obviously, if Cade isn't healthy, if if surgery is the best option for him, it is unfortunate, but that's the right path to take. If it's a couple-month type thing, He can come back whenever. I don't know the timeline. And that's the thing. Nobody really knows. For as big of a name as Cade Cunningham is, this story has been covered very quietly relative to what you would think the case would be. You'd think we'd be hearing a whole lot more and some of the larger uh, mouthpieces across the league would be working to get a better grasp on the situation. But we haven't gotten that. What we have heard is, Cade's been at practice. Cade's been doing a little bit, not much, but a little bit. We've seen the video. Cade's traveling with the team. He's going on the road. He's shooting around prior to the game, and it doesn't look like he's just stationary, catch and shoot. Looks like he's doing some legitimate drill work. So we really don't know the full gravity of the situation around Cade Cunningham. The the speculation and the... Lack of competitiveness to just say it's a lost year, shut him down, we'll see you next year, and think he's going to come out and and be that top-ten player. He's not going to get better sitting on his butt for the next six, eight months, whatever it is, nine, ten months, till he can play in the offseason. It's just terrible philosophy,
1: and it's an unfortunate situation. It it is what it 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 is an unfortunate situation, no matter how you slice it, because even if they do decide to sit him, you know, It is a lost season and I get the cries for just sit him um, because there are bigger things at stake. You're looking at a top, top, you know, a a potentially a generational player in Victor Wimpanyama, a maybe the best consolation prize possible in Scoot Henderson. And you're looking at some viable players at three, four, five. It's a very stacked draft. And I get why people just want him to sit. The thing is, and again, this is playing devil's advocate, and I'm in the same boat as you are, where it's like we need to see what pieces can stick. He needs to play with Jane Ivey. He just invested a very high draft pick in Jane Ivey to be a a linchpin-type player for you for the next playoff iteration of the Pistons. You have to make some difficult contractual decisions on Sadiq Bey and ICS Stewart. You have to weigh some options for trades with Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, and Boyan Bogdanovich. So it's not just as simple as saying, oh, just sit Cade. There's other factors that the Pistons have to account for where it would be really beneficial to have Cade out there because you're evaluating what pieces are going to be sticking around for the next playoff team in Detroit. And you can do that without him. And I get that. And this is going to be a, if, if he is out for the rest of the season, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting time for Jay Nivey. Who's going to be a go-to offensive weapon. Now, you know, as, as a rookie, he's going to be handed, you know, the keys to this offense in a sense, Sadiq Bay is going to have a lot of pressure uh, to really put together some or at least showcase some offensive skills that um, are not just spot-up shooter. Isaiah Stewart's hurt right now. That will likely even itself out. But, you know, there there are some things that the Pistons are going to be evaluating, and having Kate out there would make that a lot easier to evaluate. Just because of the cap implications of signing some of these guys to contract extensions, You want to see what pieces are going to stick. So I get why there's the sense of just sit him. And and I do agree. They should sit him as long as they need to until he's healthy. But if he's healthy, I think it's better for this team to have him out on the court. Ultimately, forget the encore product. The encore product to the fan and whatnot, that's out it's it's just out the window. We need him out on the court to see how the offense looks with the current players and with him spearheading it as the heliocentric offensive. And I don't like to use heliocentric at all, but he is the offense. This offense was, was sometimes pitiful with him. It's going to be even more pitiful without him. So you're saying that you would not sit him. If he's healthy, you play him. You're not going to milk this injury, right?
0: Right. What what whatever type of recovery he needs, he needs to be given that to the full extent. Correct. Rest and rehab. Fine. If that's surgery, fine. Whichever it is, fine. But the idea that if the correct option is just rest, the idea of deciding, hey, sit him, just sit him for the rest of the year, anyways, we they're not going to win. It, we we let's give let's give the Pistons the best shot possible at getting a top pick is just a a really, really, really bad mentality to me. Whatever type of recovery he needs, no matter how extent he should get,
1: it's that simple. Right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I think we both agree on that front that he should be playing, and at the same time, you are not going to risk an injury by having him play for a team that's 3-15 and that is about to play the Denver Nuggets um, in just a little bit. So Cade's injury is super disappointing. Obviously, he's definitely stock moving in the negative direction um, just because we're not going to get to see him play. But in our new segment um, about stock report, stock up, stock down, um, we're each going to pick a player, stock up, stock down, who right now has their stock moving in the right direction.
0: Perfect. Perfect. I love this. Love this new segment. Excited to be doing this on a, what looks like it's going to be a weekly basis and let's start with stock up, right? My stock up guy is Killian Hayes. And the five games he started this year, 10.6 points per game, five assists to just, just barely over one turnover game, three point shot. I'm not buying into, but it is at 50% in those games. And he's averaging just under two and a half stocks per game. Well, the, the,
1: Unfortunate injury to Cade has did You say gone. he's averaging two and a half stocks per game. Yes. Okay. Steals are yes, steals yeah. and blocks. Yes. I thought I thought you're making a pun for stocks because that's our new segment.
0: I guess it kind of works that way too. But for those that didn't <laughs> know what the what a stock is, it's the combination of steals and blocks. I was I know you know Mike, but maybe to those that were listening were like, what the hell did he just say? That's not a thing. Well, that's what what yeah. <laughs> So we have John Hollinger over
1: here making up stats for us.
0: But but Killian has, in the absence of Cade Cunningham, been forced into a much bigger role, and it's been a positive return so far from him. Really, it's completely turned his season around. So it's only been five games. Um, you know, he's been much better in in November compared to October overall. Uh, but but since really joining the starting lineup, we've seen him tick it up another notch and. That's encouraging. As someone that's very, very hard on Killian Hayes, I'll give him credit where credit's due. He's been a lot better lately. Still needs to be a lot better than what he is now, but there's legitimate growth being seen. So stock up on Killian Hayes. He's playing
1: good basketball right now. I mean, legitimately, when we watched him play (laughs) two weeks ago or however long it's been, I could not believe what I was seeing in person. None of us could. No, you, none of you seriously could uh, based on all of the comments when he almost let that ball at the end of the second quarter go and basically just hand it to the Cavs. I thought we were watching a Shaq moment live, which I've never had the pleasure of being able to do, but his turnaround has provided, dare I say hope.
0: I'd say so. I'd say so. I mean, it's, someone's going to have to play with Kate out, right? It's going to be Killian. So for him to show a little growth, like, man, for for as long as people have been waiting, it's, it's nice to see because,
1: man, he looks like a competent NBA player right now. Yeah, his last seven games, which would be from the uh, ninth against Boston. By the way, these have all been losses, but – Take that with a grain of salt. In his last seven games, 29 minutes per game, 11 points, three rebounds, 4.7 assists on 41% shooting, but 42% from deep. I agree. I don't think the three-point shooting is really there, but, you know, some of these things, I mean, these are passable backup point guard numbers and we need to start small with the growth, start start small. His usage is pretty low. It's, you know, right around 20% or so, um, but start slow. And right now he is starting to put some things together that are super positive. And for me, my stock up person is Jalen Um, James Edwards, the third of the athletic had a good piece um, postulating about how with the Pistons interior defense being poor, really their whole big rotation. And, and, you know, we saw that firsthand as well when they were playing the Cavs, who have a too big lineup, that they were just getting pounded in the paint constantly and switching everything. And obviously that just didn't work out at all. Um, I think Jalen during the, you no, know, this kind of goes back to Kate Cunningham's injury. If Kate is going to sit out for the year, let's just say worst case scenario, or, or, you know, even if he's out until the all-star break, let's just say that they played super conservative. He's out until the all-star break. This is the time to see maybe what Jalen Dern can do starting at center. He's bigger, but he just turned like 19, which is insane. Um, Has the defensive chops. He's got the verticality to be a better rim protector. Also having a a little bit more vertical offense. That's kind of what we were talking about last year with Marvin Bagley when Cade's throwing him lobs at – you know, in, in Boston, and all of a sudden there's a guy that can get above the rim. Same thing with Jalen Duran. He's a young, tall, athletic center that provides something different that the Pistons don't really have in their starting rotation right now. So to me, with Isaiah Stewart um, hurt, I would think Jalen Duran starting at center would be a potential stock up possibility. Um, I really like what we've seen from Duran. So far, I think he's a potential impact big pretty soon. Um, So for me, he's he's my stock up candidate. Now, we both have the same stock down candidate, and that's Marvin Bagley.
0: Yeah, uh, it kind of coincides directly with Jalen Duran, And I tweeted this, I think maybe a game or two uh, after Marvin Bagley came back. But my tweet essentially was, How much better is Jalen Duran than Marvin Bagley right now? Because to me, it's quite significant. Marvin Bagley is exactly what he's always been, and that's disappointing. He's just not what this team needed. Uh, There was some hope he'd come back and be a reliable threat on offense as a bench big. I understand right now he's having to start. I understand, you know, no Cade Cunningham, no Sadiq Bey, no Isaiah Stewart. Put some more pressure on him. But at the same time, this is a guy that just got paid $39 million. It's a guy that got paid to be a player. And his numbers are underwhelming across the board. Field goal percentages are career low through five games. Uh, It's just not been good. He's still an absolute disaster on defense. And this is a team that desperately needs someone to step up on that side of the ball. Marvin Bagley, not the guy to do that. Uh, Just the fact that this team, you know, Looks so much better when Jalen Duran subs in for him right now and what we're seeing with the rotations that that this team's being forced to deal with. Just the the utter change in how this team plays when those two swap places. It's so noticeable, and that's not good. Like, no offense to Jalen Duran, but Marvin Bagley should be better than him right now. And he's not. Call Call it what it is. He's not a floor spacer. You know, the three-point shooting is not there. It's never been there. He's wanted it to be there. It's not there. The numbers prove it. There's no track record of him being a floor spacer. He is a guy that if he gets the ball in a post-up, he's going up with it. He's shooting under 50% from the field. It's not efficient. And rebounding, another area, you need some more bodies to step up in. He's averaging five boards a game. It's just not good for Marvin Bagley right now. It's not going good, and there's nothing that says it's going to get better. The only chance is that this team gets healthy, he gets to play a smaller role, and in a bit more of a micromanaged role, he looks a little bit better. But with this team in a current position that they're in, Stewart still a few weeks out from being back, no idea what, what is going on with Cade, Bay missing some more games, Marvin Bagley is getting all the opportunity in the world. And so far it's been disappointing in what he's, what he's
1: come up with. Averaging 10 points on 47% shooting from the floor. He has hit one three this year. So he talked about floor spacing and, you know, we talked about that in the group chat uh, quite a bit that for Bagley to stick around and have a role on this team, he needs to be a floor spacer. Um, if he's not going to be a floor spacer, then he's a poor on defense addition of Durin. You know, he basically has the same offensive capabilities as Jay, as Jalen Durin with drastically worse defensive possibilities. Um, at least you might get something jumpy out of Jalen Durin. And you know his limitations already on offense. And he is young but with Bagley he's just killing you defensively he's not providing what you would need him to provide offensively he had 16 points against the raptors he had 15 points against the uh, you know against the kings he's averaging five boards and it's early i know he he has been working his way back from injury but you know the fact of the matter is is you're right jalen duran provides something different than what bagley can produce and you know right right now i th- that's that's kind of the the you know call a spade a spade jalen duran can is is right right now should be should be getting more minutes than bagley um purely because he's right now the better player defensively and he can provide similar offensive output he's not going to kill you i mean 47 percent from the floor 14.3 percent from three for bagley so yeah heading in the wrong direction but again this is an opportunity with a lot of guys out you're gonna have to create some offense somewhere so it'll be interesting to see if bagley can produce in some more minutes while there are some injuries on the floor and potentially more minutes coming as we approach trade talks which unfortunately are already on the horizon for the pistons um Reports uh, from Mike Scotto of Hoops Hype reported earlier this week that there's a plethora of Pistons players who are probably not going to be on the roster uh, for the entire season. Nerlens Noel is not expected to finish the season with Detroit. Rival teams are also monitoring Boyan uh, Bogdanovich's availability. Uh, we know that there were a lot of um, there were a lot of contenders uh, in on him before he was traded from the Utah jazz. And he did just sign a contract extension a few weeks ago that we said was a great contract extension and what the Pistons should do. Um, but other teams are monitoring that situation. Alec Burks has been very good to start the year. He's been exactly what the bench has needed. He's expected to garner significant trade interest from contenders as well. So a lot of guys potentially on the move and Noel, Alec Burks, Boyan Bogdanovich, Aaron, we talk about maximizing your assets. Now the Pistons are three and 15. What sort of, you know, okay, let's take one step back. Are you of the mindset that the Pistons should be looking to sell all of these players immediately trying to cash in quickly um, seeing that the season is, you know, beyond lost.
0: Uh, Not Bogdanovich. No, I, I don't think the Pistons should be, seeking out trades to move on from Bogdanovich. I mean, unless it's just an offer you absolutely can't refuse. Bogdanovich, to me, is a guy that you're, you are re resign him for a reason, right? Even, like, like the Pistons didn't look like they were going to make the playoffs a couple weeks ago when they re-upped Bogdanovich. I get they don't look like they're going to be in the playoffs this year. Now, that's not why they re-signed him. They re-signed him because as this team gets better, down the line, Bogdanovich is a guy that could be useful, could be a player on this team. Noel and Burks, their contract situations, their short term value, that makes sense, right? You know, Noel, a guy that's outside of the rotation right now, even with Isaiah Stewart out of the picture, makes sense that if that's still the case, why you'd want to move on from him. Alec Burks, not under contract long term playing good basketball, but at the same time, if you're 3-15, and 15, you just have teams starting to want to make a trade, starting to switch some things up, look to go cash in and grab another piece. Burks is a guy that's easy to move, easy to get some sort of value back for him. Bogdanovich, to me, is the guy I don't think the Pistons should really be looking to move. As time goes on, I think there's going to be opportunities to move on from Noel and Burks. One, I'll just throw it out there now. One guy we've heard uh, come up in trade talks is Grayson Allen with the Bucks. In coincidence with that, the Bucks are looking for a backup big. You know, is there something there? Can the Pistons make something work where they can get a young wing who can shoot the ball to move on from the well? Maybe there's something between those two teams, right? That's the type of trade that would make sense because Allen, a bit younger, has a skill set that Detroit desperately needs. This is a team playing, you know, in the rotation right now. They're playing Hamadou Diallo and Kevin Knox off the bench. They're in desperate need of some wing help. Allen would be a great fit in that regard. Maybe there's something there, right? Bogdanovich, like I said, it's got to be, you know, are you getting a first and a prospect back? And I don't think someone's really looking to make that move. And and that's fine because Bogdanovich is a guy that next year – with Cade and Ivy and your lottery pick and Jalen Duran, like Bogdanovich is a guy that easily slides in. So it it it's also disappointing that we're having this conversation a month out of the start of the season. But at this point, that's the 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 reality, right? So Noel Burks, movable. That was understood when they were acquired from New York in the offseason. It was the Pistons are going to see what they can do this year. They're going to see how competitive they are. These are expiring contracts. They're going to have teams interested in these players. The Pistons will make the decision based off how the season goes for them. Seeing how the season has gone for them, those are two guys that I would expect to be moved, and the Pistons, at least for Burks, should be able to get something of value.
1: I'm I'm of the same mindset. I don't really think you need to necessarily move Bogdanovich unless you get overwhelmed. By some offer from a contender, which you might. I mean, he's definitely fits a very specific skill set for a contender, being a shooter who could play the three or the four, probably more of the four now at his age, but he is probably the most valuable of the three, with Burks being next and then Nerland's Noel after that. So um, I think that Grayson Allen. Makes a lot of sense for Detroit. He fits a specific need on this team. The Bucks are overwhelming. Um, well, right now, they're locally overwhelming, famous, uh, overwhelming favorites to come out of the East. They just are stacked, and they're getting Chris Middleton and Wesley Matthews back. So they could try to shore up their backup situation with a New Noel. And if, if the Pistons could get Grayson Allen out of that, that would be a fine trade. I would agree with you there. You know, I think Burks being gone along with Noel makes, makes some sense. I think we all kind of thought that that when they, uh, when the Pistons acquired them in the first place, it kind of seemed like guys that you would play with younger players, help provide some mentoring abilities, you know, pick up, some minutes where it's necessary. And, you know, in some cases, you know, just flat out be the veteran presence that's, that's necessary on such a young team. And then, you know, at the trading deadline, ship them away for more assets. And I think that's probably the case again, but I, I, I do like the idea of keeping Buck Donavich because like you said, when you add a lottery pick, when you get Kate back healthy, let's say you resign sign Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart, you have more of a, you know, a clearer picture of, what this next playoff team is going to look like. Bogdanovich fits a great role next to all those other players being a stretchy four, you know, that's why we were so excited when the Pistons acquired him. He's a stretchy four. He fits a very specific role that the Pistons did not have. And uh, I think moving him so soon would be not foolish, but it would be a little bit disappointing. Um, But I'm fine with moving Burks. I'm fine with moving Noel. Um, it's just kind of how the business goes. I, I I think contenders will probably provide at least a decent asset for for both of those players. Um, that pretty much hits all of our topics for uh, you know for this week. so is is there anything else that you wanted to touch on?
0: No, I mean, I guess just a little bit of what's going on behind the scenes that here at Palace of Business, we're talking about some different stuff hoping to bring you guys some some content in a new way in a different way uh and in some different formats as well um you know we love doing this podcast we have a lot of fun doing it you know you guys have supported us so well with this podcast that it's allowed us to do some different things um but yeah i guess i'll just kind of tease that in a way and that's all i got for this week right Not not a lot of on court stuff to to get into in depth with the way the Pistons have played, so we'll keep watching from here, see who continues to, to maybe stand out, aka Killian Hayes and Jalen Duren, uh, who's maybe not playing so great, Marvin Bagley, uh, and we'll we'll continue to bro- provide that type of insight. But we're open to also get you some different type of content here, somewhat
1: soon. Some things in the work. We'll see how it pans out. So that's a great tease, and I feel like they're. <laughs> well, we've never really had anything like this to tease before, so this is kind of exciting. But I will say before we go, um, Pistons and Nuggets tips off pretty shortly here. Uh, this is from James Edwards III, nothing super big, so don't go grabbing your phone um, in in a like uh, nervous fashion. Twin Casey said in pregame interviews with the media that he sees Jalen Dern as a starter, not a backup. Good. Start playing him like that then, Dwayne. I would agree. I think that would be a good first step, especially with the guys that are out, currently out I mean, for Detroit, which is Isaiah Stewart, Sneak Bay, and Kate Cunningham. You know, three of the most important players right now on this roster.
0: Dwayne, you are you are the guy that makes those types of decisions. So uh if you see him as that, I, I think you're the one that could could play him as such. So he might uh, have
1: control over that.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: interesting i just i just thought that that was good to hear formally you know from dwayne casey so we'll end on that note um and aaron's tease uh the pistons are they're not good we hope that you stick with us and you hope that we think we hope that you think that we're good at what we do providing you pistons content all season long aaron it's thanksgiving this week isn't that crazy
0: it's I mean we're what we're we're a month into the season. We're over a month into the season already. That's how we're over we're a month into the season. In the and the pissin season has gone off the rails so It's over.
1: Quickly. So quickly. <laughs> it's nice to have the season over by Thanksgiving. <laughs> I think that was very nice of Detroit to go ahead and do that. No, 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 I'm just I'm just kidding. Um so I guess this is the last podcast before Thanksgiving. So I guess I will go ahead and wish all of our listeners a happy Thanksgiving and we hope that you'll be with your families and enjoying that time as well. We know that we will be. And uh, shortly after that, we'll be getting right back into some Pistons talk as the season continues to ramp up. I think we'll be on game like 20 at that point. So 20 out of 82. I can't believe we're already like fourth of the way done. (laughs) Feels like we just started. Literally, literally yesterday. Feels like we were just going through positional previews. (laughs) talking about the draft in my sweaty old house. And uh, now here we are at Thanksgiving already. So for my co-host, Aaron Johnson, I am Mike Angliano. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Network. Again, we wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. We hope you'll continue to join us for these podcasts as the Pistons season trudges on. I'd like to also thank our sponsor, Bet Online uh, for sponsoring this podcast once again. Again, use the promo code Believe, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at Bet Online a g so again for my co-host i'm mike england thank you very much for joining us in this Days of palace pistons podcast we'll see you all next time
0: thank you for listening to believe